Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Weekend of your show. I'm your host Ali, and joining me today we have Dave and Simon. How are we, chaps? Not too bad, thank you. Yeah, good thing. It's like it's like the original Degeneration X has reformed. X Pack's not here this week, but we are. <laughs> yeah, Carl, Carl's um, away off wandering where where he's got a friend, so um, he's not allowed to be on tonight. But um, that's a shame. Everton won, so we don't have to we don't have to listen to them goat boys. So. <laughs> I think that's um, that game covered now, isn't it? We're, we're that's <laughs> it, that literally is all we're getting, unless you think of an interesting point. Um, speaking of lack of interesting points, though, if we get straight into this, Simon, um, because from everything I've heard, this isn't going to be great listening, so let's come straight to you for the Friday night game. Aston Villa 1, Southampton 0. Yeah, I think Sky may be regressing which Friday night game they decided to televise. I mean, this is going to be very, very short. It was one of the worst games of football that I can remember seeing for a long, long time. I, I've literally got very little to say about the actual match because nothing really happened. I, I looked at the stats afterwards. Apparently, we had three shots on target. I think <laughs> I think they all came in a 30-second period, including the goal. <laughs> um, and then other than that, nothing really happened. And, Allegedly, Southampton had one shot on target, but I'd, I'd love to go through. Well, actually, I was going to say I'd love to go through the footage to try and find that. I never want to see anything from that game of football again. It was, it was dreadful. I mean, you take the positive. It's it's a win and it's a clean sheet, the first one of the season. I mean, other than that, it's really not an awful lot to say. I, I was I was annoyed. When I saw the um, the starting eleven and saw Douglas Louise have been dropped to the bench, which is just absolutely me- like he must be fuming. Really, <laughs> you've not let him go to Arsenal on the last day of the transfer window. You start him against Man City. He's one of our best players, and his rewards is a place on the bench against Southampton. Um, you know, it, he, call me crazy, but if Arsenal and Liverpool are interested in signing him. I think he might be a decent player and maybe could do a job for Aston Villa. But, you know, what, what do I know? Um, who, do you thought, play him, who do you play him instead of, sir, at the minute? McGinn. So, yeah, oh. I, I, I take McGinn out. I mean, so just on John McGinn, I, I'm a huge fan of John McGinn, as pretty much every Villa fan is. He's, he's, he's done a lot for the club and he's shown himself to be a more than capable Premier League player. But there's just no two ways about it. He's not playing well and hasn't been playing well for for quite a long time now. You know, sort of going into the back end of last season, 
And some fans, especially online, are really starting to get on his back. And he's not a player that, that deserves the sort of level of criticism that he's getting at the moment. And I just think for his own good, he could do. He's been taken out the team for a couple of games. But of course, that's been made much more difficult by the ridiculous decision in the summer over the whole captaincy thing. Um, but then just on that, I mean, Tyrone Mings, fair play to him. He's, he's, he's responded to that situation perfectly and in that he's, he's been one of our better performers this, this season. The, the other weekend's Man City, I thought he had a, a pretty decent game. And then on Friday night, admittedly against a virtually non-existent attack from Southampton, anything they had to deal with, he, he dealt with really well and sort of organised the back four really well. I, I thought Coutinho at least was trying to make things happen, but with just the complete lack of quality all over the pitch, it, it was difficult for him to really get anything going. But other than that, yeah, so there's really not much to say. Just take the positive of three points and, and the first clean sheet of the season. You know, four points in the last two games. You can go now after the international break. You've got Leeds away and Forest away the next couple of games. So at least you're going into them from like a solid starting, starting base. Yeah, it's a massive three points, especially after the, the performance and result against City. To, to be able to like build on that and as you say take the three points and, and the clean sheet as well which is obviously just as important um, how was Konza in the game again not much to do but how was yeah because he, he started off quite shaky this year didn't he he did yeah yeah he he looked a lot better to be fair I mean I think so the back end of last season sort of the last couple of months he his performance levels dropped off quite a bit. And then he got an injury, which was initially meant to have kept him out until sort of late September, October time. But he came back a lot quicker. Maybe he came back a bit too quickly and needed a bit more time to get up to speed. But what hasn't helped is I think Friday, that, that game on Friday, I think was the first time this season he's named the same centre-back partnership two games in a row which, again, probably makes sense as to why he managed to keep a clean sheet, a bit more consistency. Cons and Mings obviously spent quite a lot of time playing together and have, when, when they're both at it, they, they can complement each other quite well, especially against a team like Southampton. You know, they, they, they're more than capable enough of dealing with what's thrown at them. So, yeah, it's nice to see him sort of stepping back up to a bit, because obviously Diego Carlos is going to be out for a few more months yet. So if you can get them to performing well again with Martinez behind them, that's that's something to build on. Yeah, no, I feel for um, Ralph worried about his job, Dave, do you reckon? Or do you think he's... Oh, I, mean, I mean, Ralph always carries a lot of a worried man, which is not surprising. Like, he put out probably the most insipid team I've ever seen here. Like, <laughs> I mean, El Nusi, Adam Armstrong, Shea Adams, Ginebro, um replaced by Mara, Stuart Armstrong, and uh, Edozi. And tell you what, mind, tell you who was on the bench. Theo Walcott. Forgot he was still a professional <laughs> footballer, but no, no pitch time for him. Um, they were just they were, they were woeful. They can get anything going. Um, they never looked like scoring. Um, Bella Kotrap, the defender, is obviously quite good. Just he's been given a Germany call up. Um, Liverpool will buy him for £400 million next season. 
Um, <laughs> we, would, we wouldn't spend money. Here's your thoughts. Well, it's one million over four hundred months, but you know. Ah, that's so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just an awful game of football. Um, as I was saying off air, like Sky had it in for Leon Bailey through the uh, throughout his sixty-seven minutes on the field, where they kept putting up stats about half and he'd lost the ball. But uh, then that's how it goes, apparently. So imagine a creative player getting getting shouted at for losing. <laughs> But never mind. Um, right, on to the game that arguably then should have been on TV, going on the result. Um, Nottingham Forest 2, Fulham 3. Could Fulham actually stay up this season? You wouldn't bet against them at the minute. They, uh, they look very, very comfortable as a Premier League team. Um, they haven't they haven't changed that much um, from their all-conquering championship team. Um, they're obviously you know, too good for the championship. But as is usually the case, teams come up like that and they inevitably get stuck in a relegation battle. But Fulham are, I mean, the sixth. Um, and they did all the damage in, in six minutes here. Um, they have signed Willian as well. Like, who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> but, yes, that, that was that was a surprise when I saw him pop up <laughs> last night. I, tell, I mean, you know, it's nice to see an old friend. But um, yeah, I mean, they're just... They're getting a lot out of some very average players. Um, like Dick Odover Reed uh, is still knocking about up, up top for some reason. Um, whereas, by contrast, Forrest have signed the world um, and, unsurprisingly, seem to have a bit of time to gel. Um, I think a lot of us kind of expected Forrest to get it together at some point. I mean, they might yet, but uh, four points from seven games isn't <laughs> obviously isn't great. Um, Losing to a fellow promoted team, also not good. Lost to Bournemouth last time I was with the other promoted team, so um, a bit ropey. And I've seen a few Forest fans on, on Twitter sort of pleading with their own and not to sack Steve Cooper because he spent quite a bit of money um, for very little reward yet. Uh, I hope they um, I hope they stick with him. He's obviously a good coach um, and he can't be expected to turn a team of 22 new players and a good team overnight so um, I don't think he has any idea what his best team is yet either like obviously Lingard was was on the bench for this one came on um, I think that he, sooner or later he, re- he realised his problem is that his, his one constant seems to be Steve Cook in the centre of defence like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't the answer for Bournemouth and it probably won't be the answer now um, but they've got a lot of talented players it's just whether they can get them together at some point um, you've got to think that probably will get better sooner rather than later but um, he's needing, he, this two weeks he's going to have to figure out what his best team is because um, I don't think anyone at Nottingham Forest really knows to be honest in, anyone in England maybe <laughs> no I, I, I wouldn't even stop at England I think I mean he has quite he's quite literally developed Noah's arc and he signed two players at every position and he's been yeah. like right um, how, how are they the, the sooner or later thing really needs to be sooner because if you look at the teams who are around them down the bottom, teams who aren't going to be there for very long. Like you, you'd imagine, I mean, Leicester, who will obviously come on in a bit, they, they, they have to improve if, if said manager leaves. West Ham as well, obviously not, not necessarily change the manager, but West Ham surely won't be down. West Ham will be fighting for, you know, top four for 75% of the season for the last two seasons. Um, I mean, Wolves are a bit different. Again, Palace, 
again, not going to be down there long, and obviously Villa start to pick up results. But there's none of the teams who you'd expect to be around them right now, around them. Uh, and as you say, Dave, they've lost to, to two of them, um, which is a which is a concern. I mean, the, the next game is uh, Leicester away. So it's the Monday Night Football straight after uh, the national break, which is uh, it's already a pretty big game. Like obviously, that they are the bottom two. Um, if either team loses that, obviously, you know they're going to be bottom of the table. Um, in the context of the season, although it's early, early doors, it's quite a, a big psychological blow. I would say to lose to, to either one of those teams. So, um, obviously, we'll come on to Leicester shortly, but. Uh, they're both, you know, they're both desperate for a win. Um, I know you, you wouldn't like to call either team win that at the minute. No, no, definitely not. Uh, Sai, I mean, I bet you wish your game had this many games. Do <laughs> <laughs> you wish you went to Nottingham instead? <laughs> yeah, it definitely would have been more entertaining. I mean, I think one of one of the issues for Forest is obviously they, you know, they, they signed what twenty one, twenty two players, which. I think we can all agree it's too many. Um, but they none of them seem to have actually been defenders. I think the back three that they go with from Drayton games is what they had in the championship last season, which just seems a real recipe for disaster. You know, when when you go up, the the level, the quality of um forward players in the Premier League compared to the championship is just it's phenomenal. So um you, you know, you think if you're gonna sign that many players, it may have been an idea. To have signed at least one defender that were going and improve that. So. Hey, they've signed Willy Bolly. You'd be nice to Willy Bolly. <laughs> it's, it's a very silly Willy. So, so like, yeah, they, I'm sure they've signed some on paper good attacking players, but if, you, if you're still going in with a championship defence, it's um, it, it's not looking good for them. I, I, I at the start of the season, I kind of fancy them to, to stay up. But I, I think they have they have signed too many. I know they needed to sign a number of players, but they they've gone well beyond what they need. Is they had, they had a lot of loans in there, and they obviously had yeah. out of contract player. But also like signing Lingard and Gibbs White, like yeah, Lingard's on guys, yeah. no, no, obviously Lingard's going to be on extortionate wages, and Gibbs White was signed for an extortionate fee. So kind of you can't really play both of them. So whichever one you're leaving out. There's going to be well, how why are you leaving them out with the money spent on them? So it's yeah, quite odd, really. It is, I mean, as well, like the signed Toffolo and uh, O'Brien from Huddersfield, you know, reasonable mm-hmm. signings. But then they also went out and got um, Lodi from Atletico Madrid, who plays in Toffolo's position, uh, and then Freuler from Atlanta, who well, plays in O'Brien's position. So it just seems a bit odd. It's like the similar sort of like signed a lot of players, but you know what? We can do better than this. We don't got like mm. the equivalent player, but like an FA up. But I mean, could that be a case of not all of these signings were Steve Cooper signings? Because I think their owner can be a bit mental, <laughs> fully bluntly. Oh, I've absolutely no doubt. Most of these players were not Steve Cooper signings. I don't. I don't think anyway. Mm. I mean, I don't. It doesn't strike. I obviously don't know that the norm that well, but he's a coach who has coaching in under 19s under 20s whatever it was yeah um, he obviously likes to work with players and improve them based on that um, so signing the lads from the championship makes sense um, but then going out to get players from Atlanta Atletico Madrid um, 
obviously you wouldn't tell totally you knows about them, but they don't seem to be the type of players you'd expect him to sign. Yeah. Then again, he also signed Chakriyade, so what do I know? And aforementioned Wally Bolly is there as well, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like on like Pez Marsley, where you've blown all your points on like world-class players, and like, I've only got like 20 points left, so uh, get me... Get me. Get, get me Willy Bolly. <laughs> Willy Bolly, Sue Cook, and McKenna to play at the back. That'll help. <laughs> One name left. Uh, <laughs> well, boys, that's the end of the Friday night. The early kickoff on Saturday might be this the most predictable result um, <laughs> that we're going to talk about all season. Uh, Man City 3 rules now. Um, Haaland again. Um, even your boy scored, Si. Um, um, and Phil Foden. Um, I mean, City have got a cheat code this year. Um, I think they might be the, the highest points total win in a Premier League season. This <laughs> might be a very boring league. And I mean, yeah, Man City 3 0, and it's, it's hard to get excited about it because there'll probably be another 30, Simon. Um, no, I think you're spot on. It's, I, I personally think City are, are going to absolutely walk away with the league this season. Um, you know, they already, they already showed last season. Are they capable of winning it without a centre forwards? And now they've got just an absolute machine, goal scoring, solid ball up front. It's, uh, I mean, it, it still does tickle me that the only team this season to stop them scoring was Bournemouth. <laughs> like that, that really is like a, a glitch in the matrix, I think, there. But, um, yeah, that, I, I think everyone kind of saw this result coming. Wolves, Wolves, to be fair, have, Played reasonably, they played better this season than their position the table suggests. But they've just they they cannot sit the ball in the back of the net, and you know against a team like City, you're only going to get one or two half chances at best. If you're not going anyone to take them, you 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 know you, you're not giving yourself any sort of chance in the game. And, and going behind so early, you know, I think once that happens, I think everyone knew what was going to happen, and then. Especially when Wolves went down to 10 men with one of the most outrageous assaults I've ever seen. I mean, the, the cheek of, uh, Collins to then try and argue that he played the ball to the referee was, I mean, part of me wants to like give him a pat on the back for having the temerity to, to try that on. But, um, yeah, especially, yeah, one look down, down to 10 men is that, that was pretty much done and dusted, I think. Yeah, it uh, absolutely killed it, didn't it, from going behind in the first 44 seconds, whatever it was. Um, yeah. Wolves played better with 10 than with 11. Um, Ruben Neves at centre-half was a revelation. Um, <laughs> as you say, once once goal about 3,000 got his, got his goal, um, it was game over. Uh, and Wolves were exactly what we said they'd be. They've, or they've got like six wingers and no centre-forwards. Um, and funnily enough, they keep getting good positions wide and then crossing it into nobody. Um, they've signed Diego Costa, wasn't even on the bench. I know he hasn't played since January, but there's no fun in football anymore, is there? Like, you, what, like we want Santino Spray on a Friday night, give him a glass of wine, play him Saturday morning. That's how it should be. <laughs> and now it's all like, well, he's not, he's, you know, he's not had enough training. Bollocks to that. He knows how to play football. Get him in. <laughs> so. It's the same, same as all of the Wolves, like, as Sai says, they've, they've got no goal for it whatsoever. Um, Grealish played as well as I've seen him play since he moved to Man City. He was exceptional. Um, 
gliding past players over and over again. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, for some reason, wouldn't shoot. Um, <laughs> kept getting into great position and then like, trying to kind of pass the ball to someone else who was not as well placed. And then it could have been far more than three, to be honest. I think some days City just kind of get too comfortable and just don't yeah, really. They, they, do. they do. They absolutely do. Like, um, it was just a very, very easy Saturday lunchtime stroll for um, for Man City. I've just noticed Scott Carson was on the bench as well. It's always nice to see. <laughs> to be fair, they probably could play him in most games this season. I mean, to be honest, I kind of get annoyed when they don't. Like, There's two things which Pep hasn't done yet which I want to do. One, play Scott Carson up front just for the crack. And two, let Edison take a penalty. Uh, yeah. That'd be class. Mm. He needs a goal. I mean, if you want to compare it to Allison, at least Allison got a diamond header. Well, exactly. <laughs> and, until, and until he does that, he'll always be the second best keeper in the world. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and who wants to be second best? Like, well, I mean, Pep, I'd, Pep I'd, I'd, I'd take second best Villa, to be honest, in the league. <laughs> well, I, I personally think you've got the second best goalkeeper in the league at Villa. So, yeah, I, I do agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Can I, on, on, let's go back to Martinez a minute, by the way, because okay? mm. I don't think you were here when it happened. What about his um, fake injury with uh, the hamstring? Ah, uh, uh, the Man City against Man City? Yeah. Honestly, was, that was outstanding. That's the greatest <laughs> piece of shithouse that I've ever seen. Yeah, he did do on the, Friday, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't as impressive the one on Friday because uh, the one against Man City, after spending a couple of minutes on the ground, where the acting was so good, I genuinely thought, Christ, we're in trouble here because I think we'd made all our subs as well. He'd have to be substituted. Yeah. (laughs) And do you know what? It's those little touches that come award season get you that Oscar. Uh, It it was the way way afterwards. He just fucking leathered it down the field. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Right, Dave, your time to shine. Um, Well, kind of. Newcastle United won, Bournemouth won. Um, Isaac got another goal. Isak, Isak, Isaac. Um, but I mean, I guess it's not a defeat, Dave. Yeah, kind of sort of our season at the minute. We're uh, we're quite hard to beat, but we don't have that uh, sort of creative spark at the minute. Uh, obviously, Saint Maximin's still injured. Sounds like it's actually got worse rather than better somehow. Um, and as a result, we had. Sort of a lot of huff and puff, but no real quality in the final third. Um, you know, as I said earlier, St. Maximin is far better than, he's probably better than Fraser, Murphy, Almiron combined, as we went on with you. Like, you can inter- interchange those three as much as you want. None of them are particularly good. Um, certainly not, uh, not as good as, as, as him at Premier League level. Um, we also, we're missing John Joe Shelby a little bit. He's got, he's going to be out for a while still, but, um, having him at the base of midfield, I know he's obviously got his flaws, but he, he does keep things moving a bit and uh, also puts Bruno further up the field, which is which is useful. So um, those are key players we're missing at the minute, but regardless, we should be beating Bournemouth at home. Um, I mean, who would have known that Scott Park was a the problem there? Like, who saw, who saw that coming? Because <laughs> um, they've got rid of him and they've become really, really competent. Uh, they, they played reasonably well. Um, you know, obviously sat in for large periods and just frustrated us, but also were fit on the counter-attack. Um, Big Phil Bill uses seven-foot leg to stick a 
stick a stick a foot out and, and give them the lead and we got a we got a VAR decision which is the biggest miracle of all but um I saw match of the day trying to talk themselves out with this being a penalty he literally uses uses his hand to stop the ball I mean come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just so anti Newcastle it's unbelievable just now um I mean the biggest positive I took from Newcastle this week is you saying Lawrence Carriers. Honestly, well, it's about, it's about time we. I just, I hope it works out somewhere for him at some point. Maybe he's on the bench. He's uh he's our, he's now our number two goalkeeper. Whilst Carl Dalo is uh, is a broken man. Um, what's funny is we like, we have a third choice goalkeeper called Mark Gillespie who uh, is not only like no longer third choice. wasn't even named in the twenty five man squad. We're like, you know what? We'd rather have carriage for six months than risk having you on the field. <laughs> So, so on the obviously the backup choice, um, have you heard the Ben Foster? Yeah, and he was like, I don't want to commute from the Midlands for four months, whatever it is. Yeah, um, um, I just want to know the figure that he he put to his agent that, that he wanted that Newcastle like, no, you could fuck off. Oh, I dread to think. Like, to be honest, like I've seen a lot of Watford fans don't like him because they think all his uh, like his GoPro stuff and his YouTube nonsense was like distracting for a lot of people. Um, and I can fully believe that. I mean. To be honest, there's enough things wrong with Watford without adding him to the mix. Like, <laughs> like a new manager of you the week, you know, probably not the worst thing in the world. A goalkeeper filming things, get get out of here. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I just find, find that interesting. I, I quite like the fact that he's quite, I get the same with Crouch's podcast. I quite like those kind of talking openly about stuff rather than just being like bitter pundits, just talking general, like how things work. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, well, I mean, now he's retired, so we'll never have to find out how he would have fared as our second choice goalkeeper. I, I don't think we'll have to see how Carriers performs. Just saying. <laughs> no, you say that, but we're always yeah. like a, we're always like one day away from disaster. Pay. Like Nick Pope will walk into a bar or something. Like you'll not check probably before walking into a room where the door's too small for him to bang his head and be out for six months and then Carriers forever. Yeah, like Liverpool fans always forget. I know, like obviously they had the howlers in the in the final, but that year for us he was pretty outstanding. Um, even in I don't, the final, I, he was I really don't, good before the before the whole you know head thing happened. Yeah, mm. I don't remember at all his his time at you yeah. other than that game. I, I totally like underpinned his career in, in general. Like I couldn't. Yeah, and he's he's got a massive social media. Like he's he's massive. Like, he loves his Instagram posts. Like, yeah, well, he's, he's, and he just well, he's, well, he's massive now, isn't he? Like, he's good, hate him. <laughs> he's, good, he's good protection for anybody who uh, who needs it. Like he's a big lad. <laughs> He's done nothing but weight, clearly. All he's, he's done, yeah, all he's done is hit the gym. Um, yeah. but, but, nah, I'm delighted for him, so hopefully he does. Well, well, I'm delighted for him, but I'm also annoyed that we've won, you know, one in seven, no win in yes, six. Yes. Um, I mean, we're 10th, but, uh, you know, we also have fallen away next in like two weeks' time. So. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> obviously not. There was always the massive talk of Eddie Howe being like kind of just a stepping stone. Do do you think the owners will look at that as a nah. ever manager? Nah, nah. Obviously not just now, but ever if like a top manager was to become available. Well, see, I've, I've often had this thought where like Pochettino is currently unemployed, right? Uh-huh. And there's got to be a time where like some of these clubs are thinking, you know, we could just get Pochettino. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and obviously, you know, he's not going to go just anywhere, but I imagine with our riches, mm. it'll be quite an attractive proposition for somebody, but I don't think Eddie Howe is in any danger whatsoever just yet. Yeah. Um, he uh, just signed a new long-term contract um, six games ago. So, it's always one of them, because obviously there was so much talk when the takeover happened. And... No, I mean, he, he's always going to be in a position now where if... If we aren't doing as well as you might expect, then it's probably going to be pressure on them. But to be fair, we don't know how trick happy these owners are yet because that doesn't, you know, other than getting rid of Bruce pretty early on, which was always going to happen. Like, hmm. no yeah. one's ever going to keep him on. Um, <coughs> they haven't really got a reputation yet um, in terms of, you know. What they do. Just not in the football. <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> yeah. In a footballing sense, we don't know how they're going to act. But, yeah. uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah. I'm not worried yet. We're not we're not playing badly, really. We're yeah, just not definitely. playing as well as we should. Which is a good sign. I mean, you're not losing games and not playing well. So, you know, it can only well, be better as such. The problem with finding is now like, teams come to Newcastle and kind of respect us too much, so they stick everyone behind the ball and we can't break them down. So it might suit us actually better playing away games against the likes of Fulham, who will leave us gaps to attack into. Um in theory, but you know, we'll see. Well, that's like when you look at your game against Man City. Obviously, City are the team that are going to sit back. Yeah. So, yeah, that which then allows your creative sort of quicker players to under counter attack cause problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, and to be fair, like even last season we had our good run. We weren't blowing teams away. We were get, we we were winning games by you know one nils and two ones things like that. Um, and uh, it's kind of like just that that. Little edge has not been there yet this year for various reasons, whether it's luck or whatever else. Like it just hasn't fallen for us. Mm. Um, we're not playing that much worse, to be honest. Like I sat through some pretty drab one 0 wins, which <laughs> I say was was necessary at the time um, to get us away from the bottom of the table. But um, it's just not quite happened yet this year. Yeah, I mean, I still think it'll come. I still think you'll be comfortable top half pushing for Europe this year. Uh, there's, again, the league's just an absolute shit show this year. Anything could happen. Well, I mean, it was already bad, and there was obviously all these postponed games and stuff added in the mix. Like, we're not going to we're not going to get a fair picture of the table until January after the World yes. Cup. I would be like, yeah. Talking February as well. By the time teams recover from the World Cup as well. Oh, I mean, God, you know, if God forbid, if there's a, if there's a cold winter and there's more games off, oh. and then and then there's a COVID outbreak, we might as well just. <laughs> Might as well cancel your June and we'll just play. We'll just play for <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, the way the season started, and the results are all for that. Huh. <laughs> Last game on the Saturday. Uh, do we talk about how good Spurs were or how bad Leicester were? Next um, to Spurs, Simon. Well, Ken, I mean, you just you say how bad Leicester were. The first half, I, I thought they they were all right actually. Um, and we're well in the game. Obviously, got got the early leads. Tottenham though. They just look a they look a, a different beast under Conte. You, the, the, the whole sort of previous thing of art oh, is Tottenham. They're they're going to Spurs it. I just I don't get the feeling with that with that with them anymore. Um, Kane as well has unusually started the season on fire. Normally it takes him a bit of time to get going, so that that's obviously helped things. But to be fair to Leicester, you know, obviously they go two one down. I think it's two set piece goals. Surprise, surprise! They conceded, so you could have thought that they're going to completely crumble, <clears throat> but they they got themselves back into it, and then obviously the start of the second half, 
absolutely gifted the third goal. But even then, they they were still kind of in the game. Then, obviously, Sun comes on. There's, uh, finally decides to turn up this season. The scoreline, I think the scoreline is harsh over the actual 90 minutes, but the way they crumbled is, is just completely unacceptable. And, I mean, there's just so much all going wrong for them there at the moment. It's, um, it's hard to see where they're, where they're going to change it. But Tottenham, absolutely brilliant. And I don't know, I know it's early days, but is, is my prediction of them finishing seconds looking as ridiculous as she thought it, it is? Yeah, it still Spurs. You continue to say this about Spurs and Arsenal until it happens. I just the thing is, I, I agree with what, what Sai says about you know Conte is now in there, um, who's you know a proper top level manager. Not like a, even Pochettino was like kind of clutching at trying to get at the top of the game. Um, Conte's been there and done it and won things and. He's kind of like the manager is better than the club, um, which hasn't always been the case at Tottenham. Um, even yesterday when they were, it was kind of a bit of a basketball match against Leicester. Leicester played really well for an hour, to be quite fair. Um, but then Conde shut the game down. He bought on, you know, Basuma for one of the wingers and whatever else he did. And obviously Son came on and made a huge difference anyway. But um, by bringing on Basuma at the time he did, it just, would allow them to be a bit more solid at the back and obviously when you've got Kane and Son and whoever else running wild at the other end let it be I mean anyone see the pace on Heiberg for that goal where he's been through the middle of the field <laughs> who saw that coming I, I think he should have his piss tested to be honest oh, absolutely <laughs> absolutely um, but yeah the Spurs are such a good squad now as well Like they're absolutely spoiled for choice in a lot of positions Um they're looking really good at the minute. Um, Leicester obviously aren't, um, and I guess that's got to be factored in. As you say, Leicester completely fell apart, having gone toe-to-toe with them for whatever it was, 50 minutes. Um, I don't know what's happened to Wilfred Ndidi. He's just like an absolute shadow of the player he once was. Obviously got robbed for the third goal, um, and that was kind of the beginning of the downfall for Leicester. But um, him and a few others in, the, in that Leicester team were just so far off their best um, whether it's a change of manager that's needed or whether they just need moving on I, I don't know um, but I agree with Roger's decision you know to keep Dakar in instead of Vardy and um, generally you know he he played they, they did play well for a time and obviously led and got back level again and you know they, they, they did well um, it's just there's no confidence there and as soon as as soon as uh, they get one kick too many, there was no coming back, and then the roof falls in, which is kind of a sign that things maybe aren't as rosy as they should be. Their goalkeeper is horrific. Oh, goodness <laughs> me, he's so bad. Like, but I've seen him play for Wales lots of times, and he's not bad. <laughs> like, but he, in this Leicester team, I mean, obviously, he's probably not got as much protection because Wales obviously don't play gung ho football, but <laughs> dear me, how, like, I feel like he's got. Pop it arms for hands. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Exactly well, <laughs> literally, just like everything hits him and goes in. Like he gets, he gets a hand on everything, but like it's it's futile. He's still <laughs> number one goalkeeper for a minute. Jesus. I'm sure, like you've 
Someone paid like twelve million pounds for him. Was it you? Was it Leicester? Someone did. Probably us, Dave. Yeah. But I remember it's, it's we had just... Mignolia and Go at the time, and there was an uproar that we couldn't get Mignolia out, and Danny Ward was our number one. <laughs> I just, I can't believe like every day in training, Rogers has been watching him and being like, "Well, I know we're getting rid of Schmeichel, but we'll not buy anybody else. We don't need another goalkeeper. <laughs> we'll just stick with this kid." And the other, most of get Ben Foster on the phone. Um, <laughs> How close but is the, Leicester to the Midlands? Just... Well, it's much closer than it is Newcastle. Right, so I need to help you. <laughs> but then he was like, um, the kid on the bench, Everson, was like pressing number one last season, played the whole season, played pretty well by all accounts. Like, surely he would be a choice, a candidate, if you will, to uh, to play in goal rather than old Papa Don Hans Ward. Because I mean, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Jimmy Vardy <laughs> might be able to shout to be fair. Well, <laughs> They've conceded 22 goals in, in seven games. Yeah. I think it's a record high. For a, for a team who really should be looking to finish in the top seven well, or eight. Well, Bournemouth lost 9-0. I haven't conceded that many. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So how long do we reckon Brendan's getting? I think. Seek out the international window? I think if he survives this two-week period, then he'll be there for life. until at least, at least the World Cup. Well, possibly for life, but... Um, uh, it's it's a great opportunity for teams to, ch- to change the manager, give them six weeks, six games to sort of learn the squad, get a month off for the World Cup, um, and then obviously go into the January transfer window and know exactly what you want to do. And I think there'll be a few clubs up and down the country who who make changes. I think one of the problems Leicester have though, and sort of one of the reasons why they didn't really spend anything in the transfer window is I think they they're in a bit of financial difficulty, and I'm pretty sure. If they were to sack him, they'd have to give him some like ten million pounds. Um, so I mean, obviously he's not resigning from that. And then there, has, <laughs> there have been like reports that he he wants out and he's trying to negotiate some sort of payoff with them. But um, and if that is the case, then like if, if the manager's wanting out and he's trying to negotiate a payoff, you may as well just go. You know, let's just bite the bullet and, and just pay him off because he clearly if, if the manager does not want to be there, then. <laughs> You're in real trouble, aren't you? Well, the spent... He's, he's, he's interviews with, uh, with Sky and that. He's having like little digs and mm. he, he wants out. He's just a snake. He sounds he sounds so defeated. Like it can't be encouraging for this this team and whatever to hear him being like, "Well, nobody likes E or and then obviously they get beat every week. Um, yeah. But also they've spent a lot of money on Voot Vout. Fies? Fez? I don't know how you say it. <laughs> He's not, he hasn't helped so far. Yeah. Good day for him, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that, I, I suppose that his signing was uh, his reaction to losing to Farmer so late, wasn't it? Which... I know, but that was ridiculous as well. Like, all window Chelsea were like, come on. And Leicester were like, mm. <laughs> I was like, just, you must have known how that was going to end. <laughs> Yeah, and well, that just that, that was an owner thing. Let's leave it as late as possible so that we can we don't have to spend the money because uh, I think I said it a few weeks ago. There's there's massive massive rumours that they're in great financial difficulty just mm. now. They're in as much of a mess as Everton, like I'm led to believe financially. Um, and they, that, if, you, if you've got the owners doing something like that, you know, leaving it as late as possible to to get a, a bigger fee and to not have to spend, you then there's 
do you know there's there's clearly there's there's such there's clearly so you know big problems with the ownership and the manager and I, obviously I think like the Casper Schmeichel one leaving yeah is, was it's, it's, yeah I mean don't get, he's I think he Schmeichel is a good keeper I think the last couple of years I think he has declined and I don't I don't think he's he's as good as as some people have made out but it's not necessarily his performances on the pitch but such a big character mm. in that dressing room he'd been there for years. It really honestly to just just let that happen and, and then to not even bother replacing him. It's it just is it, all as I think we said a couple of weeks ago, just everything seems to be sort of falling apart and going wrong there. And I I I can see them going down because you look at they've got some good players in that midfield. Like Madison Tiedemann's a good player. Dak is a decent player, Harvey Barnes is good but Indeed, he you know has been great as well. And you've got those decent players, but you're still putting in performances like they had this season. It's, it's, it's worrying times for Leicester fans. I think by all accounts, Madison wanted out as well, didn't he? During August, like I know yeah. we bid for him, and he was apparently quite keen for the move, but we wouldn't pay whatever it was, sixty mil, fifty mil, whatever it was they wanted. We wouldn't, we wouldn't go that far from. Um, I think the fact that he was actually wanting to leave. For a club who have, you know, finished 11th. Obviously, we've got a project going, but Leicester shouldn't be a bad proposition on paper. It would imply that there's definitely some issues there behind the scenes. Yeah, it's always I, I hate using obviously talking about what happened to the to the owner obviously, but it's always kind of murky at clubs when you've got obviously the father was the owner, and then obviously what happened happened, and then it's passed on to. Is it the son that runs in him, isn't it? I think so, yeah. So yeah. As much as he probably still loved the club and loved being part of it, it's not the same when it's... Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's horrible. It's a horrible comparison to make, but... I know what you mean, because it is... I mean, who's to say that in Just because the dad loved come. it and wanted it, it's not necessarily the kid. And, and yeah. Like, as I say, with the money that it takes to run a football club, <laughs> yeah, it sounds really horrible saying it, but this is like this is the the kid and the rest of the family. That's their money, their inheritance, and that as well. So, if they're not fully committed to something like that, yeah, or yeah, or have the the skill sets required to be a chairman, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, now you're right. It's a good point. I hadn't really thought of that actually. Yeah, I, I only thought of it really when uh, well, I thought about it when it first happened. Purely, I don't I don't know if you know the story of Gretna when they were up in the Premier League here. Um, they spent millions and came up to the Premier League. I think they won a cup or they got to, they definitely got the Scottish Cup final anyway. It was this fairy tale from a non league to Premier League. Mm. Um, and then the, the father died and then but the son wasn't really interested. So the club then went first within a couple of years as well. Um and I, and it was one of the first things I thought of just purely based on the, the comparison of the story. Um like mm. league. Um, and it, as I say, it's not nice, it's not worth talking about. You really want to bring it up, but when I heard the financial troubles as well, it kinda just it makes you wonder, you know, if the heart's there, of the, <clears throat> as you say, the money or the know-how thing, as you said. Like. But the financial troubles as well, that's an odd one because they, for like a number of years, have seemingly every summer seemed to have sold like a marquee player for quite big money. And obviously they yeah. do reinvest it into other players, but it, it seems odd that they'd be in sort of financial trouble. Yeah, especially a club that made eighty million on Harry Maguire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like Everton, you can see why they might be in a, a sticky financial yeah. situation because they spent loads of money but haven't 
<laughs> as far as I can remember, recouped it on like big player sales, whereas Leicester yeah. have made a lot of money on player sales. Yeah, um, yeah well, we'll leave Leicester alone. Um, yeah. So well, what Leicester have done this year is get rid of the clap banners and the former nose dabbed ever since. So read oh. that what you will. Bring back the clap. There's your show title. (laughs) On to today's game. Ah, two games. Well, games. We're only going to talk about one just in our car. Um, (laughs) Brentford nil, Arsenal three chaps. Um, Dave, I'll come to you on this since you're um, almost tipped for the second. We'll see. The title. (laughs) Um, Second week. I mean, I don't think I recall seeing Arsenal finish second, do I? <laughs> um, I tell you what, though, they were, they were very, very good here. Um, Brentford are uh, notoriously sort of good at home, crowd back and um, up and at them football, get in the big lads up front and really cause some issues. Arsenal just never let that happen. From the first whistle, they were just on it. Um, I don't know if they do like the early kickoff or whatever, but for whatever reason. Arsenal came out, uh, controlled the game, scored from a corner against again. You know, Brentford, big big side, shouldn't really be conceding to Arsenal from corners, but they did. Um, and from then on, like Arsenal just had them on a string. There was a lot of sort of one and two touch uh, football around the box, and uh, Jesus' header, very good header. Um, and then obviously the next on the cake was uh, New Vieira's strike from distance, which was very very easy, really. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I, I, you know, we'll give Arsenal a lot of credit rather than say Brentford were poor, but Brentford never got going. Uh, whether that's because well, they were never allowed to get going or not, probably debate all day, but um prefer to give Arsenal the credit and say, you know, considering a year ago they played the fixture at the start of the season and they got absolutely battered. Like, it yeah. finished 2 you know, it could have been 6 and they could have no complaints. Um this was the total opposite. Arsenal were, were very, very good. Um, they are a new Arsenal. I, I know we say this every year, but there's a new sort of st- steadiness about them. Um, they've now got real quality as well. And obviously, Sacra and Martinelli, young lads who are getting better every week. Um, Jesus is, you know, better than Lacazette. Brain surgeon to tell you that. Um, <laughs> And then he's, you know, obviously Odegaard missed this game, but when he's out, previously it was a disaster. And now it's like, well, in comes Vieira, 34 million from Porto. Um, it's not a bad option to have. Uh, so, fair play to them. I think they're looking very good at the minute for, for a top four finish. But again, it's very early days. I've no doubt the Arsenal team will kick in at some point. Yeah, uh, sorry, much more on, on that. <clears throat> no, I mean, I, I didn't watch it. I've only seen the brief highlights. I was uh, watching the Aston Villa women beat Man City women on BBC Two when this game was on. Because uh, I thought, oh, I, I, I need. Oh, all right, I, sorry, thought, I thought, I thought, <laughs> I need to see an entertaining game of Villa Park at some stage this weekend, and and I actually got that today. But um, just there, sort of an Arsenal, like. You, you said you touched on the the opening day uh, defeat they had there last season. Um, sort of going back now is like a completely different beast. I, I think for me, where Arsenal look at the moment, they they've sort of got back to where they were in the later stages of the Wenger years, where they'd be finishing fourth and they 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 would beat the teams and they should be beating comfortably, but against the the real elite in the league 
that that's where sort of the struggles come. And over the last maybe well since over the last year of Wenger's reign and the year since then, they they have become a club that would lose games that they should like like a Brentford away last season. Uh, you know they 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 drop points in games that they really shouldn't be dropping points in. Whereas now so far this season, as you say, it's early days. They look like they they sort of back at that level of you know the teams that they should be beating. They're beating them. They're beating them well. The real test is against you know the the very best teams. Obviously, Man U aren't uh, aren't what they they were definitely, but they're still like a a big team. And you look at Arsenal's game against them the other week, which they did play well in, but some tactical naivety with substitutions, mm. they, they completely threw that game away. So, yeah, they, in terms of a top four finish, they, they're certainly looking like they're, they, they're uh, capable of challenging for that because they're now putting away the teams that they should be putting away. I think they play um, Tottenham next um, at the Emirates. Um, which I'm really quite fascinated to see how that goes because both teams are in pretty good form um, and they're both kind of at the same point where it's like, are they, you know, are they actually title contenders or are they going to be top, top four contenders? Um, so I'm really interested to see how that plays out. Um, I hope both teams go for it and just play play to win. Uh, I've got a feeling with Conde being one of the dugouts that might not be the case, but... Um, <laughs> You just it's just gonna be a really fascinating game of football. Just shouldn't wait two weeks for it, but I'm uh, I'm already looking forward to it. Yeah, we shall see. Um Everton guys, do we do, <laughs> do we give them any credit, Neil Mopi? No one um I mean I don't deserve, I don't think they deserve getting spoken about it since Carl Campbell won. <laughs> <laughs> um, doesn't happen very often, so Um I mean this is a, this is a hard watch. Like certainly the first half, the second half was was, was bearable, but yeah. Uh, for all, for all <laughs> Everton won, I don't think they were that good. Um, look at the stats here: West Ham had fourteen shots to Everton seven, um, fourteen corners to Everton five. Like I don't think West Ham did enough to win the game. I don't. I don't think they deserve to lose it. To be honest, I mean, Ben Rama hit the inside of the post and was kind of unlucky. Um, it's a bit like how it's going for West Ham at the minute. Like they're, they're playing quite well, but um, they're sort of lacking that final pass on occasion. Um, whereas Everton, you can't fault them for effort. Um, I enjoy that Connor Cody's their captain because I imagine Carl just like it's <laughs> <laughs> just like dying inside. <laughs> um, but. Like Lamp- I know Lambert gets a lot of stick, but he's, he's kind of like stuck to what he knows, so he's done right. I'm going to go out and I'm going to sign two proven Premier League centre-halves. Whether, whether you like them or not, doesn't matter, but Cody and Tarkovsky have both been around the block at Premier League level a number of times. Um, so they're both in there. And they're just, as a result, like fairly solid. I mean, obviously, they've both got limitations, but like, they're not bad, really. Like mm. It's not a bad, it's not a bad partnership. Um, Patterson, the fullback, is... Very, very good. Um, he made a number of like last-minute ditch tackles today, which actually saved them on a few occasions. Mikalenko on the other side, I like as well. Um, so the, the, the defense is—he's kind of sorted that out because it was—it was—it was a shambles last season. 
Um, in front of that, he's got Anana, who, again, we like. Looks decent for what we're seeing him so far. Um, Idrissa Gay. Is it Idrissa Gay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, we, if he hits the, the height we know he can play to, you know, fair play, he'll, he'll do a job in there. And a Wobi who just runs. It doesn't matter what, what, what's going on, he's running. He's always <laughs> running. Um, but also, not not a bad player, really. Like he's, now he's now he's not expected to go and create from like the number ten position or the wing every week. Um, he just works hard and uh, sort of knits things together for them. Uh, and then you know up front they've got Gray and Gordon and McNeil who are all much 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 for me. They're all like capable of beating a man and then blasting miles over the bar. But sometimes it comes together every now and again. Um, and, and Mope is very much the same as a forward. Like his goal today was he took really well. But next time he plays, he'll miss three sitters. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of kind of what you get from him. So I think. He's got a solid base. He's got a number of like sort of wild cards up front. Um, and if he can keep clean sheets, they might nick a goal out of the day. And that's probably as good as it's going to get for Evan with his squad and this manager. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that. I think they're doing the right thing, playing to their strengths. Um, whereas West Ham are the same as they've always been. They're just, I don't know, missing something at the minute. I'm not sure what it is. Craig Dawson, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> that's where it all goes wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, I've not got much more to add on that side. What about yourself? Um, yeah, just similar to uh, what Dave said about the defence, like they they seem to look a lot more solid. And I think what's what's been impressive with Cody is we we kind of always just been led to believe that he can only play in the back three, that he cannot play as part of the back two, and you know against uh, a more potent attack. I think they, there can be issues with that, that partnership of Cody and Tarkovsky because it's not the most mobile. But it's it's solid enough, you know, like Dave said. So they're two, you know, solid, decent Premier League defenders. And I think, I mean, we've, we've sagged Frank Lampard off a lot over the years on this and, and quite rightly as well. But I, to give credit where it's due, you looked at his Derby team and his Chelsea teams, they... They just the the tactic was just relentlessly pressed, and it wasn't a particularly well thought out or good press, but that's all they did. And when he first went in at Everton, they kind of tried to do the same thing again. And I think very quickly, to be fair to him, he realised, look, we cannot do this because because this we're going to end up going down. So to sort of to have the sort of self awareness to know that what what you've been doing is clearly not working, and to go against what your natural instincts would be to just be boring but solid. You know, you've you've got to. I think you've got to give credit where it's due on that one. Too far, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still wouldn't want him anywhere near my club. But absolutely. Um, but yeah, let's let's leave the Everton talk there till um, the angry <laughs> man comes back. Who's their next fixture? Out of interest. Well, I'll tell you. Hang on. Dave is the man for like actually. Uh, well, I've, I just have like something called Preparation Alley. Um, <laughs> uh, they're away to Southampton, so Even look out, are... look out, Ralph. Yeah. And that, that's that's the type of game that, that Everton will lose to really yeah, get Carl going mental. No, it's, oh, it's well. the topic. This is where Southampton get their points from. Like they've got seven points this season, Southampton. Can you even remember them win the game? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. They, they, beat, they beat Chelsea, didn't they? Unbelievably, yeah, unbelievably they beat Chelsea. Yeah. Well, there you go. 
Um, that takes us to the end of the, the games. Um, anything you boys want to add on the, the fixtures or, or the upcoming internationals? No, uh, too much on my part. I mean, so you're, you're going to Milan, aren't you? I am indeed, yes. Uh, I don't actually have a ticket for the game. We booked the flights in the hotel before the tickets went on sale, so I'm going to try my best to uh, to source one by by any means I mean, necessary. I'll tell you what, man. Italy versus England in the in the Nations League is a hot ticket, so if you can get that I briefly considered getting one in the home end, but knowing my love, oh. I'd, I'd be in with the, the ultras. The ultras. Yeah, absolutely. I don't fancy getting stabbed. Uh, Mamma mia, that's uh... <laughs> uh, Well, anyway, let's go on to the um, team, Premier League team of the history, whatever it is. Uh, it's, it's, Ali, let's not lie, it's, it's the worst team that's ever been built. For me, this is actually the worst decision that's been made. Um, <laughs> and, and you think of the decision that's been made, but th- for me, this is absolutely outrageous how this one ended. So the last time we chose the defensive midfield, um, I can't even remember the four choices. It was Team Vieira, Petit. Yeah. Really, was it? Uh, I think, yeah, that was it. Absolutely disgraceful that Roy Keane didn't win this. Um, but I mean, Vieira's a good player, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> it's like picking Didi Haman over Steven Gerrard and you're like your best Liverpool team. And I, I hate Gerrard. Oh, well, I was say, didn't you didn't you do that? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, Patrick Vera is our defensive midfield. So I now believe we have Peter Schmeichel, mm-hmm. Ashley Cole, mm-hmm. Gary Neville, Woodgate and Terry. Right? Uh, prob- probably probably um, <laughs> in defensive midfield. So now we have two centre midfield spots. Um, mm-hmm. so it's two centre midfielders each. Um Carl has gone for Cesc Fabregas. And Gary Speed. Um, so, Simon, for your first pick, I'll come to you first. Uh, first pick, Kevin De Bruyne. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of hard to argue, really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Good choice. Uh, Dave, your first pick? Um, Francis Lampard. Junior. <laughs> well, I'll I'll, um, I'll I'll go with his arch nemesis in playing and and management. It seems, um, and I'll go with um, Mr. Gerard. I mean, I did not expect that to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am shocked. Um, I, I don't think any used to would actually pick him. So I was like, yeah, he he, he deserves to be in there. On like, I, I think he's a cunt, but like, playing ability and. I'm starting to agree. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Simon, come over. <laughs> you will think like me. Uh, right, Simon, who is your second set of So this is hard. I've got a, a list of uh, players that I've made the third in front of me. and right, well, There's a, a number I could pick, but I'm right, going to go. Yeah, just go with one and then we'll discuss the ones we missed out after. I'm going to go with David Silva. Oh, that's who I was going to pick. That was honestly my second choice. Um, we'll discuss it afterwards. Dave, who's your second pick? Um, can I go with Roy Keane? Can we bring him, can we bring him into the next forward? I'm all for it, mate. Absolutely. He was the further forward midfielder for the first part of his career, so I don't see why not. <laughs> centre mid to centre mid at the end of the day. Like, yeah, I'm just, 
I mean, put it this way, right? I'm not nominating Paul Scholes. I don't like him, right? So and he's terrible. He's not terrible, but he should, he should never be in this conversation. He's on, he's on my list. Oh, you're a twat. He's had, his, <laughs> had his two votes. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm all for it. Right, see, I, I had uh, David Silva, so I, I'm now going to struggle. Um, see, De Bruyne was another option of mine as well. I, I, I looked, I was, I was debating the longevity type. I can't remember how long he'd been. In. I, I'm not, I'm not for this whole Yaya Toure talk and a top set of Matilda. No. Um, I'm going to pick, he's not going to win, I think the midfielders are, I'm going to pick him purely on the basis just the joy that he's given me to watch live, and I'm going to pick Xavi Alonso. Just, he, he was also on my list. Yeah, him and Silva are probably two of the most fun players I got to watch. They, they just they were so class, it was... See, so, yeah, I was absolutely certain that um, Sai was going to nominate Gareth Barry. He was also on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, like, it, I mean, obviously, with like Barry, there's I've got you know sentimental bias reasons for that, but I do actually genuinely think he he was an extremely underrated player and one of the when City signed him, I, I think he was a big sort of turning point actually for them to becoming t- title contenders because. Outside of Gerard and Lampard, at that time, he was probably the best other English midfielder that could, they could realistically go out and sign. And it, was, it was a big statement. And he did win a league title with them. Stuff Aguero, stuff David Silva, <laughs> stuff <laughs> company. Gareth right. Barry made Man City the title winning post. He, he, was the, he was the catalyst that started it all off. <laughs> that might be the worst opinion I have heard on this podcast since we started. And I have said some outlandish things. Outlandish? Yeah, it, it, but it, no, it, it was a statement signing for a team that's finished like sixth or seventh the year before. Like it was, they shouldn't have been getting a player of, of his quality going to that club at that time. Uh, I mean, to be honest, there's someone in Brazil on uh, Man on El Posto who's currently said that uh, things were going bad at Man City until they signed Joe, and then uh, that was that really that really turned things around. Oh, nah. hey, no, Joey Barton mentioned though. Yeah. <laughs> he was also on my list. <laughs> um, I can't think. Is there any names that you reckon we missed? Was there any at United? No. Would you go back to no? Because it would have to be schools for centre midfield. No, uh, I mean, I mean, unless I'm Nicky Butt just missed out. Um, um, I mean, David Beckham, arguably. I mean, he's not going to fit anywhere else, is he? In this no, team? That, yeah, that's a show. I, I, I had Beckham in my eleven pieces of me in centre midfield for his for his Real Madrid team. That's mm. how I got away with having him in. In the centre, but I, I feel Beckham definitely deserves a, a mention when you're talking about players of the Premier. For me, he's still one of the most underappreciated players. Mm. There is. I just thought everybody always talks. He's only got a cross in the past. So this is the problem with Beckham. Since four four two went out of fashion, and all these teams are no longer four four two. He's not going to mention, is he? Well, that's why he went to the, his, almost the holding midfield role in his last season at Madrid as well. Just. Just like with the completely as well, like. with the like uh, the way the formation has changed, another player I had down, which he's not really a centre midfielder, but I don't think he'd get in as one of the wingers, but just as a sort of thought could be in the conversation was Robert Perez because he was 
he was uh, I think an outstanding player, but I don't know where you'd fit him into that. Is this just from his time at Villa, or is this from his Arsenal days? Oh uh, no, his time at Villa was horrific. <laughs> he was awful. I think you have been harsh. I think Pires deserves a mention in with the wingers, like. Yeah, I don't know if now if he's got the pace that that you need to play in that position Jonathan now. Is in our team. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, was picked over. Yeah, he, maybe we'll see Perez. Gary mentions. Neville is playing right back. <laughs> Perez might get mentioned a few weeks on then because I, I, Arsenal, I, he was unbelievable. So, so our eight midfielders we are going with are Fabregas, Gary Speed, De Bruyne, Silva, Keane, Gerard, Alonso, and Lampard. Lampard. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll get them put in the two groups and another poll, and we'll see what monstrosity you guys pick. <laughs> um, I'm so looking forward to. Uh, I expect like Gary McAllister to win this vote somehow. Like he's not really. <laughs> By the way, Gary McAllister for one season for us was, might have been the might have been the best midfield performance I've seen put in. <laughs> Um, he is what everybody seems to think Jordan Henderson is these days. Um, <laughs> I nearly made that an hour of slagging off Henderson. That was... That was yeah, really. um, it does say that, though, on Go Wikipedia page, that he's uh, just a bald Jordan Henderson, so we am reading that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. What a mantle to have. <laughs> well, that's the, the end of the, the nonsense. That's the end of here. Um... Are we doing anything over international break, or are we just going to... What, like, personally? Because, no, is the answer to that. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> just just sitting, look, look, at, look at the clock ticking by, waiting okay. for... Shall we, shall we have a creative meeting during the week? Aye, I suppose. See what goes on. Um, right, Dave, let everybody know where they can find you, and anything that you've got coming out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at cm9798. Uh, the website is cm9798.co.uk. Uh, and the YouTube is CM9798 players, and we are going to record this week probably because there's no football to distract me during the week, so we'll do that instead. So see you there for more Pez. Which is, yeah, that's, that's all you should be doing this week. <laughs> uh, Simon, for yourself? Uh, yes, yeah, so on Twitter it's at Siovegan, and for Villa Fantasy, Holtcast Podcast, and the website is 7500Saholts.com. And what does that what does that mean, sorry? Seventy five hundred to hold. Uh I think so the guys who set it up, they uh, they're Canadians, it's seven and a half thousand miles from where they are uh, to the Hollands. Lovely. No further questions. You learn something new every day. Absolutely. I now need to, to, to stat check this to make sure Yeah, I mean that could be complete bollocks. <laughs> that is wrong. <laughs> I want everybody to unsubscribe from that podcast immediately. <laughs> um, but you can find us at Man in the Post on all your social media platforms. Uh, Chris and the gang will be out on Saturdays um, and we will be back maybe next week, if not when the Premier League resumes. Uh, thank you very much all for listening. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. Thank you. Cheers, Ali. And always remember, keep your man in the post.